You're listening to What Were You Thinking? with Eric McCoy and Morella McCoy, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hey, this is Eric McCoy. <laughs> Probably put the mics on, right? Yeah. And, uh, and you are listening to L.A. Talk Radio, What Were You Thinking? And I am here with my beautiful wife. Hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> so, you know, this, this last week's been kind of crazy. And, and uh, I started a new podcast with Lana Curie um, that's called Walk a Mile in My Shoes. And one of the things that we've really been contemplating is the devastation behind belief systems. Mm-hmm. And of course, two of the greatest belief systems that we have out there or types of belief system is religion and politics. Of course, this sort of shapes, My favorite topic. Yeah, shapes the world. Um, you know, you even look at the political uh, realm of things, you know, it was always what, you know, red versus blue. But in technicality, it's actually, you know, like a fixed versus a fluid. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And I've learned in life to really work on not caring what other people think. Right. Right. Which is sort of a long topic that we'd gotten into on a ride down here. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and not caring about, you know, being stuck with other people's belief systems. You know, I, um, you know, religion has sort of been a big topic that Lana and I have been talking about. Um, you know, and I, and I thought so hard on this, you know, like how do I believe, right, what is said in a religion when it's fallible human beings, right, that lack a godly mind, mm-hmm. right, in telling me what God's intentions, motives, and full plan is. Right. Right. <laughs> and so we wanted to actually discuss this a little bit today. Um, and it's sort of based a little bit on the premise of Abraham Maslow and Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the peak of his pyramid being self-actualization, what self-actualizers are. But I wanted to start real quick and I wanted to tell a quick story. And for those people out there, you know, especially that are maybe struggling with substance abuse, mental health, or anything, you know, that, that you may be dealing with, right? My favorite saying, and the thing I say all the time, is no matter, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been or what you've done, you can do anything you want if you're willing to fight for it. Right. And I wanted to tell a quick story on this, um, and then we'll, we're going to talk about some of these topics that we want to discuss. But many years ago, and it is actually at the point in time where I met my beautiful wife, Marella, um, I owned a treatment program in Anaheim. And... When I started this program, um, I was sort of a business partner. I was the I was the brain. The other guy was the money. Right. I didn't have the fun- funding myself, and so I we started this program and we wanted to do alternative sentencing. And I had a battle, and I had an uphill battle in being able to accomplish the goal that I wanted to achieve. And one of the greatest parts of that uphill battle I was dealing with was my criminal past. I'm a six time convicted felon. And you are? I didn't tell you. No. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was working um, to try to figure out how am I going to do this. And I didn't really have all the, all the, the straight ideas of what I was going to be able to do. And so I literally just went, you know, 
walking and started going through the courts and meeting judges. And I had about 30% of the judges that actually met with me, which was kind of cool. It was sort of a unique experience being able to sit in the other side, in the judges' chambers even sometimes. For a good reason, right? For a good reason. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And then I worked to get clearance. And this was the bigger part, was I wanted to get clearance to get into the jails. And this was the very department that had offered me and given me those six felonies right. <laughs> that I was facing and dealing with, right? And, um, and so that was a battle. And I literally, I would put in a request to get clearance denied, put a request to get clearance denied, right? And I kept working at it, working Persist. at it, working at it. No matter where you've been or what you've done, you can do anything you want if you're willing to fight for it. And that means persistence. 100%. And through that persistence, eventually, they gave me the keys. They no, not really the keys, but <laughs> <laughs> they finally said, "You know what? Get this guy off my ass, right? Yeah, and let's just give him yeah. the clearance, yeah. right?" And they actually gave me attorney clearance. It was the coolest thing. I literally had the same clearance that attorneys had, right? And so, at some point in time during this process, I was literally able to, you know, go into the courts. I'd be able to talk to the people in the cage, you know. Um, be able to stand up there, go back in the judge's chambers and, and argue with the district attorney, you know, on why this person, we want to get this, this person a program. I actually also became friends with the very district attorney that was trying to send me to prison for seven years. Yeah. Yeah, how cool is that? Huh? Yeah, that was pretty neat. And so I used to kind of fuck with him about that. Right. <laughs> you can always turn your life around, right? So. Absolutely. And so... So the reason I bring this up, right, is that for me in my life, right, and it is some, one of the last things that we were actually talking about on here, but it's about really, really enjoying the journey mm-hmm. and not just the destination. Right. Because once you get to that destination, now what? Yeah. Right. But then you said new goals and stuff. Right. You know, but it's that opportunity to enjoy what you have done, the work you're doing to be proud of your accomplishments. You know, everybody in the recovery community always says pride is a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with being proud of what you have done. Right. They're talking about a different kind of pride. Yeah, it's a different kind of pride, yeah. but yeah, it's it, you have to be proud of, of what you've done in your life. And and if you look back and, and, and start to think about everything that you've overcome, you deserve that pat on the back and it doesn't need to come from anybody else. It, it comes from you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's the concept of self-esteem. So Abraham Maslow, right, his, his pyramid, um, you know, the idea of, of, you know, Abraham Maslow's was you would start at the very bottom of the pyramid, you'd have to work your way up, right? And so you had to fulfill the lowest level to step up to the next one. And so f- uh, physiological needs were at the lowest, you know, food, water, your basic necessities right. of life, safety needs, love and belongingness, Right. In terms of a family, feeling that you actually belong to the family, that you're loved by the family. And then esteem needs, right? And the esteem was, he type, talked about too, esteem from others and self-esteem. Right. When you get that higher level of self-esteem, you don't need the pat on other, from from other, other people. people. Right. Right. And so you have the opportunity, you can actually do that yourself. Right. So we were talking about how do you get there, right? How do you get to the point where you no longer need the approval from others? Obviously, when you're a child, right, growing up, you kind of need that approval from your friends. First, it's your family, but then it's your friends, right? And so you try to fit into this 
in, into this little circle of friends mm-hmm. that you find yourself with and so you start to try to fit in, right? But as you become an adult and you start living all these different life experiences, when do you go, okay, I'm not doing this to please others. I'm doing this to please myself, right? Absolutely. And so there's sometimes, there's actually a lot of times people don't move past the approval of others. And so they don't know how to prove who they are without that approval mm-hmm. of others. And I think part of it has to do with your belief system, which right. we were talking about, right? We right. were talking about, you know, and I encourage everybody out there that's listening to really consider this, you know, what is your belief system? You know, you were taught by parents, caregivers, you know, teachers, peers, um, you know, whoever was that, you know, was passing information onto you when you were a young kid, how much of that information is accurate? You know, how much of that information is within realism or realistic life? Right. You and know? you can actually use that um, in the instance of if one of your children or your child becomes addicted to drugs, right? Mm-hmm most parents will blame themselves. What did I do wrong, right? Because you have been taught this belief system that if you are not a good parent, your child will stray mm-hmm. and and do things, you know, that are, you know, so so of course most parents are going to fault themselves as sure. as far as saying I must have done something wrong, right? Absolutely. And instead of admitting admitting to yourself as a parent, that this child has their choices and they've made their choices regardless of what I did. Absolutely. Right. So, so that's one of the aspects. So when we're talking belief systems, we're not just talking religion and politics. We're talking about things that you were taught as you grew, Mm -hmm. um, from like, like Eric said, you know, caregivers, teachers, other friends, you know, things of that nature. But is that really the truth? Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be able to kind of distinguish what is really truthful and what do you believe? Mm-hmm. So, and that was some of the soul searching I did, right? With with um, with Alex was, you know, at first it was total blame. What did I do wrong? Why doesn't he love me? What, you know, I did everything I could for him, blah, 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 blah. Until, you know, that realization came. Um, and of course you helped me a lot with that too, was really kind of understanding that he made this choice mm-hmm. on his own did, didn't think about how it affected anybody else around him this was the choice that he wanted to make whether it be right or wrong or you know whatever whatever our belief was right, right? it was his choice and once i was able to accept that i was able to start healing yeah right so so that's kind of what we're talking about when it comes to belief systems absolutely and and beliefs are difficult to change they are absolutely you know especially if you were you know i mean typically as kids when we're when we're growing up you know we'll be told things and we just accept them i mean the the child's mind is just you know i take in what i'm being told i trust these people it's my parents i love them more than anything so what they're telling me must be real yeah they're your teachers yeah but is it you know I mean, and this is one of the the worst things about when you look at, you know, all of the dysfunction that gets passed on through families, hatred, racism, you know, um, crazy religious belief systems. (laughs) Um, And uh, and so the question being is, how do you change those beliefs? And they're not easy to change. Right. They're not. No. 
your mind does not know the difference between what you tell it and things that you experience, which is also why you can lie to yourself over and over again and start to believe your own lies. Right. Right. And, uh, but the premise, and I'll just kind of say this real quick, and everybody, a lot of people have heard of this, and, and some people have practiced this, but positive affirmations, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Positive affirmations are, if anybody remembers those old Saturday Night Light episodes, oh, yeah. you know, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and, and gosh, gosh darn, darn it, people, people like, like me. me. <laughs> sort of corny, but you know, it's but sort it of, true. it's sort of based on the premise of, advertising. And I mm -hmm. always kind of teach it to people in the presence in the sense of advertising. So if anybody out there works within advertisers, what do you do? Well, you Repetitive. come up with sayings, slogans, songs, you know, you think about a product and this damn song gets stuck in your head, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and they are relentless. They're consistent over and over and over and it just becomes a part of us. Right. 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 And what are they doing? They're appealing to your emotions, mm -hmm. right? And so an emotion is defined as a neurological impulse that pushes me to act upon something. Mm -hmm. And so, and technically what they're trying to do is get you to get up off your ass and go buy whatever it is that they're trying to <laughs> right, sell you. Right. <laughs> and so this is the premise of what positive affirmations are, right? And this is something I worked on tremendously because I held belief systems. I'm useless. I'm never going to amount to nothing. I'm a piece of shit, right? I mean, I held these belief systems when I was early in recovery back in, you know, early 2000s, and they were not in my best interest. Obviously, they were not going to work well for me. Right. And so, you know, I started working on this, you know, and positive affirmations have a few requirements. One is you start them with I statements. I, they have to be positive, so you don't want to ever say I am not something mm -hmm. because your mind will just focus on what you're not. And they have to be written and as if they are already currently happening at this moment in time. So it's already happening. You know, I am confident in my ability to get a job. I am confident in my ability to stay clean and sober. You know, so you come up with these affirmations and then you've got to advertise, right? You've got to say them to yourself over and over and over and over. Wake up in the morning, you go in front of the mirror in the bathroom, shut the door. You say it out loud confidently. If people hear you, they're going to think you're crazy. But who cares? Right? Now, what do you do when the negative voice is louder than the positive? You got to catch it. Right. You've got to catch it. You know. And uh, and what happens though with these affirmations is that again, if you do them, you know, wake up in the morning, do it. Do it ten o'clock. Do it at one o'clock. Do it at five o'clock. And the most important time is just before you go to bed because that'll help sink it into your subconscious. Right. If you do that for like three months, four months, every day, six times a day, you will start to believe it. Mm -hmm. It's going to sink in there. Right. And you'll start disputing those belief systems that have been tearing you down and holding you back. Right, right. Um, and so, I mean, I think, you know, again, our belief systems are one of the greatest things that can give us success in life, but it can also be the greatest way that you can destroy your life. Right. And take away your happiness, right? Um, I know that in my life I have struggled with that quite a bit in different aspects, mm -hmm. right? Um, especially, you know, I talk about motherhood a lot and, and, you know, was I a good enough mother? Did I do everything I was supposed to? You know, I had... Um, I had a husband who was just as much as a child than, than mm -hmm. my own children, if not more. 
Um, and so whenever they failed, it was because of, you know, because I decided to marry this, this, this father figure who just wasn't really teaching them the way to be men. And I don't know how to teach them boys how to be men, right? So anytime, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. So it was constantly in my head and this constant worry, am I doing a good enough job? Am I doing, you know, am I doing this right? Did I screw them up? And, you know, those kind of things. And so now that I'm older and a little more wiser and my kids are, you know, doing well, I'm able to go, I did do a good job. My mm -hmm. kids are happy. And so it's that constant reminder. And so when I now have a 16 year old at home and he goes through these emotional roller coasters, for those of you who think that only girls go through emotional roller coasters, believe me, boys do too. <laughs> um, you know, so when he's going through his roller coasters. There's male periods. So, oh my so. God. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Um, and but there is there is that when he's going through things i am able to remind myself this is his what he's going through i will be there to help him get through whatever he needs to get through but this is not because i failed mm -hmm. he's going through whatever emotional roller coaster he's going through at that moment or whatever it's not a sense of failure anymore and that is because i have told myself my kids are where they're at because i worked my butt off to get them there and although i mean may not have done everything perfect you know what parent is i did well enough that my kids are happy in their life and that's basically what i wanted them for them in the first place right mm -hmm. so you know uh, but it takes discipline mm -hmm. it takes discipline to in the morning anytime that 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 creepy thought comes into your head to remind yourself nope i'm not gonna let that in i'm gonna speak speak positively about myself mm -hmm. um you know go to bed think positive so it does take discipline and it and it and you have to say it to where you start to believe it mm. right it's consistent consistency is is always the key right and everything right in, in dieting and in exercising in um you know uh, going to school and doing your job you want to stay consistent in everything you do so why not give that consistency to give yourself that self-esteem, that 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 love that you should have for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just as important as your children, as your spouse, as your job. Every you're actually more important because without you having a strong self-esteem, then everything else kind of struggles. Mm -hmm. right? It's kind of on that premise that <clears throat> I mean, if you hate yourself, how are you really going to love other people? Right. Any you know, and and like people can act as if they do, mm -hmm. they can act that way, but it's not genuine. Right, and I think we talked about this too, right? So I know for a fact, growing up, to me, I acted like my shit didn't stink. Mm -hmm. Like I was I was it, I loved myself, it was perfect. But behind closed doors, I was suffering. I hated who I was, I hated how I looked, I hated, I mean, I was so hard on myself. And there's still times now that I have to catch myself and pull myself in. You know, um, you know, losing weight. If, if I haven't met my, have I met my goal, you know, or whatever, I get hard on myself, even though I know that I've been working my butt off, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I find myself going, well, this person didn't compliment me mm. on how much I've lost, you know, in the last year and a half, two years. And so if they don't compliment me, then they must not see it. Therefore, I'm not working hard enough. And that's not, that's so, that's such a negative way of thinking and I know better, and so I have to remind myself to bring it in and say, no, 
I like the way I look. I know I'm working hard. Yeah, I haven't met my goal yet, but I'm still working towards it, right? So I have to constantly remind myself. So just because we're saying like, this is what you have to do, doesn't mean that us, we don't struggle at times too, when we, when we maybe not Eric, he's kind of a sociopath, but um, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't have to remind ourselves of that. I am not a true sociopath. No, no, not <laughs> I used to be. Oh, Back when I was on drugs, I was okay. definitely probably defined that way. Right. I was self-diagnosed. You know, right. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> antisocial personality disorder. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're really antisocial for sure. Um, but, you know, those are some of the things. And, and, and that's what Eric and I were talking about when we were talking about what we were going to talk about today is really talking about. People are always like, this is what you have to, this, you, you need to love yourself. You need to, you know, um, appreciate yourself. You need, you need to do this. Yeah. You need to do that. But how but do you how do, do, it? You do yeah, it? Absolutely. So that's one of the first steps is the positive affirmation. Absolutely. You got to change your belief system, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you've got it. And that's the hard part. I mean, you literally do. You have to get everybody else out of your head because mm -hmm. that's typically what you're doing is, you know, you're, you know, I mean, you know, like we were talking like racism, for instance, you know. Like if you grew up in a very racist family and, you know, your parents taught you certain things and that's just what you believe. But is that really what you believe? Right. Like truly what you believe, you know, um, and which makes sense. You know, I was talking about this when when um, when Paxson was with me, we we're talking a little bit about about racism and stuff. And, you know, and the problem with you know, the concept of racism is typically, yes, if you're taught that over and over and over and over as a kid, it makes sense that you're going to be racist. Right. Naturally. Right. right. But it doesn't have to always be that way because right. you can change. And I told the story of that client that I had, you know, that um, I all of a sudden had, you know, a, he was a white supremacist. Right. And then I had a black therapist, which was initially not very accepted by him, but again, oh, I just told I him to just sit in group. All I want you to do is listen, you know, and then all of a sudden he comes after group. He's like, okay, it wasn't that bad. You know, after like two months or three months or something of him being in group, he wanted him as his therapist, mm -hmm. you know, and the only solution I came up with, the answer came up with to the reason why this guy would be able to do this was a belief that he held as black people are stupid, which is typically, is what he was taught well, yeah. that all of a sudden the therapist he had was brilliant. Right. Was, I mean, I mean, this he guy. opened up his mind. Right. <laughs> so all of a sudden he caught a, um, a lie, mm -hmm. you know, that he was told something that, wait a minute, no, this isn't actually true. Right. You know, and even if it was just one person, but that whole thing breaks down. Right. You know, and, um, and the guy, it was amazing. I mean, the guy, you know, he, and I, he was a therapist and they worked fantastic. And the guy's, as far as I know, is still doing fantastic today. You know, he was able to get out of prison in his head. You know, right. he spent half his life in prison too, you know, right. with, with a father, growing up with a father who was a member of the KKK. He right. was like a grand poobah of the KKK. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the, the same goes with um, like women, right? So women who have been hurt by men in the past. Mm -hmm regardless if it was in a relationship or they were, you know, molested or, or, or raped or anything like that, they were hurt by men. So they go into these new relationships with this baggage of this, all men are the same, mm -hmm. right? So all men are going to break my heart. They're all, so, so you go into a relationship already not trusting 
fully in the person because you're already have been you're in this belief system that all men are bad right and and for women too right there's men that that sure. that's that don't want to get in a relationship and that is so unfair it is it's mm-hmm. not fair to blame the new person for stuff that's happened in the past if you're if you're gonna if, if you were damaged by a relationship you need to heal from that first before you can really open your heart and mind to a new relationship mm-hmm. right and and so it's one of those things where it, it's not necessarily just stuff that you were taught growing up but it's also from life experiences right. so life experiences don't do not make the next experience the same does that make sense mm-hmm. so Whatever happened to you before doesn't mean that the new is going to happen again and that you need to find that new person guilty right. for whatever right. was done to you before in the past, right? And that, again, is another, you know, I, you know, I had a completely different understanding about men growing up after talking, you know, we've talked about the stuff that happened to me growing up. I didn't trust men. You know, I, you know, I thought all men only wanted sex, you know, that was all they wanted. Um, and, and that I was just a thing. I wasn't a person. I wasn't, you know, I I wasn't allowed to have my own opinions or my own thoughts, you know, because of the way that, you know, men were introduced into my life kind of scenario. And so having to go from one, you know, pretty crappy relationship for 20 years and then to a new relationship, I had to know and understand that if I was going to go into this new relationship, that I couldn't bring in the baggage that the previous relationship had given me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not caring what people think about you. Right. <laughs> this was something we actually had a very in-depth conversation with on our way down here. Right. Was uh, was this this concept of, and, I, and I've moved this way in life, is that I really don't care what people think about me. You know, and it, and I think, and I don't think of it in a negative light because, you know, if you're looking at it from Abraham Maslow's, you know, premise of self-actualized people or self-actualization, these are people that respect people. They treat people nicely. I mean, so it's not like we're harming people and not caring what they think. That's not the reality behind it, you know. Um, you know, hatred, and I was kind of asking this like before was like where we started was, you know, hatred. Can you truly have genuine hate and have love in the equation. Right. And I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can. You know, I mean, we can always say that there's no such thing as love without hate and vice versa mm-hmm. because there's nothing to correlate them to right. you know, or compare them to. But for people out there that I see as genuinely hateful individuals, I can't imagine that there's love with, like a, like a true genuine love that, that can come out of them. Well, like the saying says, if you don't love yourself, how can you love somebody else, right? right? So if you have self-hatred or you have you don't feel you don't have any self-worth, then you're really not you're just with somebody to be with somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not with somebody and truly love them because you can't if you cannot love yourself as an individual, mm-hmm. you can't really love somebody else. Now, it doesn't mean you could say, "Oh, I love you," and you may have true feeling for that person. But once you start giving all your love to somebody else but not to yourself, mm. what happens if that person leaves? Mm-hmm right? You get more hateful, you get more angry, you get, you know, and that starts to build up more inside and you blame yourself. Which goes back to happiness. I mean, you can't, you know, 
money won't make you happy. Relationships won't make you happy, right? A job won't make you happy. Um, none of these external things are actually going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, happiness does come from within you. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you know, we were kind of talking about that too, is that, you know, can you make me happy? Not really, because who knows what's going on with within me, you know? I could be frustrated, irritated. You could do everything in your in in possible to m- try and make me happy, but that's not something you have the ability to do or control to do. Mm-hmm. That's going to come from me. And so, that happiness, you know, is um, you know, or going back to the um, you know judging, right? The judgment of others should really have no premise. And what should be more important is your judgment of yourself. Right. right. I say this with the with the context of, um, you know, how many how many people out there that are in recovery have hopped on an airplane and, and was like sitting alone, and they're like, "Yeah, hey, I'll take a drink. Nobody's gonna know, right? right? Nobody will know." And that's what you're saying. You're saying that basically only the judgment of other people matter, not the judgment of myself, because the worst person in the world is gonna know yourself. You. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a picture for people that think that way. If anybody ever thinks that way, don't do whatever it is that they were planning on doing. <laughs> but that's a sign right there that you really need to work on yourself. Right, because then, you know? yeah, if it, at the end of the day, can you look in the mirror and say, I stuck with my integrity today mm-hmm. and not caring if anybody saw that I stuck with it, mm-hmm. right? It's the same as, you know, giving to somebody without anybody seeing it without getting their approval. You know, um, you know, giving giving a homeless person money or giving them food or something like that. And if nobody's around, you don't give it to them. Right. Only because you want other people to be like, oh, what a nice person, and they gave this homeless person food or money. Yeah. You know? That's what they call, like in recovery, they call that random acts of kindness. Right. Where you go do something nice for somebody without anybody knowing. Right, exactly, you know? exactly. Um, but wanted to, I wanted to go touch back a little bit on what you were saying about, um, you know, can I make you happy as, as an individual? I can do my best and try to make you happy. I know you had a bad day and I want to try to make you happy. Um, when you work so hard on trying to make somebody else happy and you can't make them happy, just for whatever situation there, you... Mm-hmm. You as a person are giving that other person the power over you, right? If they're not happy, then I can't be happy, right? right? And so the more that you're trying so hard to make them happy and they're just not happy, maybe they just had a really crappy day at work, I don't wanna talk, I wanna be left alone, blah, 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 and you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing to try to make them happy, you're gonna feel like a failure. I couldn't make him happy. It's not your responsibility to make that other person happy. Or, or ability. Or ability, right? Yeah, you don't have that ability. Right. So I could be there for you if you want to talk about it. You know, I'm here whenever. If you just want to be left alone, I'm going to leave you alone. You know, that might make them more happier than you trying to, what's the matter? What's the matter? What's going on? Why are you not happy? You know, whatever. Let me help you. Let me, you know, if you keep being that pushy person and they keep rejecting you, you're going to feel rejected and therefore not not be happy yourself. Absolutely. So you're, you're giving them that control. So those are some of the things that 
as you're in a relationship or not even in a relationship, but with your kids or your, your, your parents or, you know, so the different types of relationships that you have, it is not your responsibility to make them happy. Mm-hmm. Are you happy with them? Yeah, we have a good time. We have fun, you know, whatever. Genuinely, even when tough times get tough, we're content, we're happy, you know, whatever. But it's not always going to be about happiness. Sometimes you need to give that other person that space, right? Mm-hmm. You need to be able to go, all right, there's nothing I can do here. I'm going to give him or her what they're asking. Yes. Which is also a good thing with enjoying solitude. Right. Right. Um, that's actually another premise of the self-actualizing person, you know, is the, the enjoying the solitude, the enjoying of the ability to be by yourself. And I tell clients this all the time that, you know, the moment that you're able to sit still, be alone and be okay with it, you're well on your way. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's really interesting because I remember being, when I was younger, teenage years and and even into my early twenties, I hated being alone. I didn't like being with my own thoughts. I didn't like, I felt like I, I, I just felt uncomfortable being alone. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when I'm alone in the house, it feels okay. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're at work, Brian's at school, you know, I'm working, I'm just plugging away. I've got a podcast on or I'm listening to music or whatever. It, it allows me to kind of just, I don't have to worry about anything mm-hmm. right now. You know, so so that is another thing that has changed as I've gotten older and, and a little more mature. But it, it does take some time to really be okay with your own thoughts and your own beliefs. And hey, if by your if you're by yourself, you can also take that time to do some positive affirmations and That's not have it. to worry what anybody's thinking. Right? Mm-hmm. You could be loud and be like, "I'm awesome," yep. screaming around the house, running around naked, whatever you want to do to to make yourself have those positive affirmation. You know. Yep. Yeah, it's, you know, like enjoying the solitude. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't also enjoy being with other people because that's, right. you know, a reality that you do. I wanted to say something, and I don't know if, uh, so I did a podcast recently with David Sperling on High Wall Clean on my other podcast. He was the the filmmaker for Drunk in Public. Um, this one actually will be coming out this week. And um, and I was really thinking about something, and if David Sperling's listening at all in this, um, I, I wanted to throw this your way because, so the story behind it, you know, he did 18 years, he followed this guy, Mark David Allen, um, who was a serious alcoholic, yeah. like serious, serious alcoholic. And he, they, they did everything they could to try to get this guy help, right? Mm-hmm. And um, usually every time he went to jail, he was arrested for drunken public over 500, 500 times. Yeah. Um, over those 18 years and uh, numerous times he'd go into jail. Of course, he'd go through DTs, withdrawal, drop into seizures. Um, You know, he'd end up in the hospital, massive head injuries over his life. And and there was almost like no hope for this guy, right? And then he ends up, um, they get him into a rehab. He completes the rehab or doesn't actually complete it, but he get, he stays for a while, longer than he ever had, and he had the longest time he'd have sober ever. But it was like 115 days or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then he leaves, against their advice, but he leaves, ends up back in Newport Beach where you know he was at. And I remember David on the, on the thing when we were doing the podcast, he was saying that the interesting thing was he said it showed something about treatment, right? Because even though he did return to drinking, drank a lot less, and he also got arrested a lot less. Mm-hmm. Right? He felt there was something to it. 
David, if you're listening, I was thinking about this, and I think this sort of plays a little bit into this, but I believe that because he had connections, all of a sudden he had people going to the beach because of the movie, right? right? He was almost famous, right, because of this movie, where people would go to the beach to meet him. The social aspects of this, and I think this, is, this was really a big part to this. You know, you got a real drunk, by himself all the, all time, the time, all alone, you know, just drinking enormous amounts of alcohol. But then all of a sudden it changed for him. And I think it was in the movie, I think had a huge impact on it because again, you had people from rehabs that were like, I want to go see this guy. You know, they'd right. go find him down on the beach. And they let and, him in rehab free. And talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, you know, this time he was drinking. That's very end. But, but he was, you know, he was talking to people. Mm -hmm. He was interacting he was with seeing, people. He was, yeah, I remember. You know? And, uh, and then he did pass away, but he was sober. Right. You know, he was sober when he passed away. He was in no alcohol in the system. And, uh, and I think that was something to that. I really do. I think there's, you know, so people that are in recovery, you know, that's why it's so important to have connections. A, a social network. A network of people, you know, to have people, to have some kind of purpose. And I think that was another thing with Mark. I think that he all of a sudden felt like, oh, maybe I got like a purpose, mm -hmm. you know, something I'm doing something. I love what he says in that, you know, he's like, I'm helping people, you right. know? And uh, and so if anybody has never seen the video, Drunken Public, you guys should definitely check it out. It's a powerful video. I just, I just saw it this weekend with Eric and I was like depressed for like two days. I felt so sad, not really depressed, but like I felt really kind of emotional because you fall in love with Mark. Yeah. Genuinely a sweet guy who just couldn't get out of his own way. Yeah. And only saw alcohol as his, he, you know, and he really wanted to. I think he, all the times that he said he wanted to get clean he, and he, sober, I think he, I think he really truly believed yeah. it, but he didn't, he just couldn't get there. Yeah. And, and you know, um, Dave, the um, Spalling, he, Spalling? Sperling. Sperling, yeah. you know, such an inspiration because all you hear is about, you know, bad cops, you know, cops don't care yeah. about people, whatever. And this police officer, genuinely cared about this individual and apparently other individuals too just didn't make it documentary out of it yeah. but just it, it's a beautiful story it's sad but it's 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 reality mm -hmm. you know um and 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 just it was it's a, I, I shout it out i really think you should watch it just to, just to know that um you know there is still good cops out there number one um and number two that 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 th things can always get a little worse you know before they get better um, but yeah, so, yeah. so, and there's always hope until you're dead. Yeah. I mean, that's the, you know, I mean, and that's what I tell people all the time is the reality being is that, you know, there is always hope, you know, no matter where you've been or what you've done, you can do anything you want if you're willing to fight for it. Mm -hmm. And I, and I believe that, you know, I truly, truly believe that, um, you know, our, um, friend Spencer, right. Mm -hmm. Spencer is, uh, going to be getting out of prison. He's been in about eight years. Um, he's going to actually move over, move in with us mm -hmm. so we can kind of help him get back on his feet a little bit. Amazing guy. Um, and I know he believes that, you know, because I've mm -hmm. seen that. I mean, he, you know, he did it before, you mm -hmm. know, um, no matter where you've been or what you've done, you can do anything you want if you're willing to fight for it, but you've got to fight for it. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, you know, that's not always easy. Right. You know? Right. Um, well, and I think that people fight to get like we talked about get to a destination you know you you, you mm. have this journey you get to the destination and they get there and then they lose track of 
what it took to get there or they forget to set new goals for themselves to continue to stay motivated mm-hmm. you know yep. um those kind of things what's the next thing if anybody uh, wants to give us a call we want to always know what you were thinking the phone number here is 323-203-0815 again 323-203-0815 Thanks. And before I forget, I want to shout out to my girl Cat. Happy birthday! She's one of the um, one of the coaches at where I work out. She's amazing. She's, Happy birthday! She's no, loved no. our show so far. So I told her I was going to shout her out today. Good, good. Should we sing Happy Birthday? No, no okay. I've heard you sing. Um, I, <laughs> I want her to have a happy birthday. I don't want her to have to deal with that. Um, anyway, so enjoying solitude and privacy, you know, making sure that you, you enjoy being with yourself, right? Because if you could enjoy being with yourself, then you could definitely enjoy being with other people. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, but you need that too. And that's the whole thing. I no, mean, that's absolutely. kind of the premise is that the alone time, you know, I teach on balance too. Right, what, the balance. What, you know, balanced living, you know, anytime that, anytime that we typically feel overwhelmed in life, it's usually a result of our life being out of balance somewhere. Right. And so... You know, I teach it kind of in this, you know, circle, you know, six quadrant kind of things, all of equal equal size, not the same amount of time you spend in each, but, you know, you got the self-growth, spirituality part, you know, family and friends, quiet and relaxation time, your physical knee, you know, f- uh, physical health, so diet, whatever, you know, kind of thing. I'm not very good at that. Um, <laughs> exercise, nah, not so good at that either. <laughs> your financial needs, right? Okay. Um, and, uh, and then the one area that everybody thinks that, um, they have to leave out fun and pleasure, right? Don't give it up. Keep getting high. Do it clean though. Right. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's what, that's what happens, right? We get so mundane with our day to day life that we forget we, ha- we, we're allowed to still have fun just cause we're adults mm-hmm. and have bills to pay. doesn't mean we don't get a little bit of time to ha- enjoy ourselves. Mm-hmm. And Eric and I have gotten into that rut before, you know, we, we had, we have, every, you know, we at least try once a month to have a date night, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when we haven't because life has gotten too busy or we don't have enough money or whatever the case may be, we start to get kind of a little more irritated with each other, or a little bit more annoyed or just, you know, and so there's that, we're losing I, that I balance. Ha- I hate her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we lose that, we lose that balance. So it's just one of those things that, you know, we want to uh, make sure that you're, you're kind of checking yourself. Yeah. Okay. When, when, when you start to get a little overwhelmed or stressed or anxiety ridden, what is it that you're lacking in your life that you need to just take a day off or, you know, whatever the case may be. Oh, look, it, I just, got like 300 steps from talking with my with my hands mm. so it's pretty cool it's good exercise <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah the, uh the next thing was uh you know having a philosophical philosophical sense of humor we talked about that last we week we talked about that last week laughing so at yourself, laughing at yourself yep. really important good therapy Absolutely. right it's probably you know one of the hardest thing to do is to laugh at yourself mm-hmm. right because if you take yourself too seriously then something is out of balance. Right. And spontaneity. Spontaneity. Right, spontaneity. Being spontaneous mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not being so rigid. Right. Being flexible. Right. You know, and that's another thing that sort of sort of transpired in my life was, you know, I'm, I'm very easygoing. You know, I don't get, um, I kind of go with the flow. 
mm-hmm. pretty easily. I think so. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, and it's made it. You know, I kind of always think about this with re- like even recovery. You know, part of what I want to do is I just want to make life easier. Right. You know. Right. Make life easier. Right. I don't go hang out in crack houses. Right. That makes it harder. <laughs> you know. It's just <laughs> I don't like crack, but you know. <laughs> Um, yeah spontaneity is important it's also making sure that hey you know when there's times where I'm like you know what let's go get dinner I'm not gonna I don't want to cook that's kind of a little spontaneous moment there we go figure out something to eat so I mean it doesn't have to be anything expensive Mm. it doesn't have to be any you know but just just like do something you know go jump in the pool with your clothes on if we had one well, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, like just do something. Neighbor's spontaneous. pool. Yeah. Neighbor's pool. <laughs> Maybe, you probably want to get permission first. We don't want to get that spontaneous and breaking and entering. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, but you know, s- s- things like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I really think like, you know, as we've kind of been talking, um, you know, the thing that really always comes back to and it sticks out to me, you know, is again, that belief system, you know, the belief system that you carry is it helping is it harmful mm-hmm. you know is it going to help you achieve the goals that you're looking for, to achieve in your life you know um you know we talk about in, in the recovery world too you know that we you know you live for today one day at a time but a lot of people use that as an excuse right to never look any any further forward right you know, and so that's where we have to really, you know, we live in the moment. Some, you know, today's the only moment we can enjoy. This right, mo- this moment right here and right now is all the moment we can enjoy right now. And then right now and right now. I can't enjoy the past and I can't enjoy the future. All we have is right now. Right. And right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but yeah, I mean. But you have to, but you have to look in the you future. You have to look. You, there's, I mean, yeah. I mean, even when you're driving, you gotta look at least five seconds ahead, right? Is it five, twenty-five? Something uh, like that. I don't, I don't remember. The DMV. I, I look I'm, up the DMV. I'm usually, book. I'm usually going on my phone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Be spontaneous. Look up the DMV. Um, you know, and tell you how many seconds you have to look at for it. But you know, you you always have to look a little bit ahead. Yes. Plan a little bit ahead, right? Well, you'll never achieve anything. Well, exactly. You know? If you're only living for this moment right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. then your con- the right now is always going to be the same thing over and over and over again you're never going to plan for that vacation you're never going to plan you know so there's there's planning that needs to be done. yeah i mean that's i ask clients so you know so like what do you want to do in life what are your goals you know uh, i don't know i'm just living for today you know or the other one uh is uh you know uh, god will god will figure it out you know what is that saying let go like let go let, and let God let go and let God. Right? Mm-hmm. You hear that one all the time too. And these are just kind of excuses for people not to. Well, yeah, you can you let know. go and let God, but you still got to be like, Eric, Eric, God, what's what's the plan for next week? Let's let's do this. You know, like there's still. Did you just call me God? No, heck no. What did you say? Uh, never. No, I'm. You <laughs> <laughs> say like Eric and God or something? No, I'm. <laughs> no, get out of your high horse. <laughs> Step it down a bit. What I'm saying is you you need if you're going to use that saying, right. let go and let God, right. you need to have that relationship with God and say, Hey God, what are we doing next week? Mm. What are you know, what God tell me what plans I need to make so, because this is what I wanna do. Yeah. Yeah, but right. everything in the Bible too, if you're going like the biblical aspect, 
you know, there's all kinds of stuff in there that, you know, God's not going to give you what you can get for yourself. Absolutely. You know, so right? you've got to do it. You've right. got to push. You can't just sit there and, and hope and wish and, you know, the wait for the miracle. You know, I'm just going to sit here and it's all going to come, come at me. I'm going to win the lottery. Right. 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 Still working on that one. I got to play. You got to play the lottery <laughs> to, to actually win it. I think so. That's, that's, that's what I heard anyway. <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, I mean, again, that's just another reason, like you said, another reason to just give that to somebody to, to do for you. Mm-hmm. You got to work to it. Like you said, if you want something, you work at it and you work your butt off. And you got to fight. And you got to, and you got to be okay with door slamming in your face. Right. You got to be yeah. okay with them saying no, like you did, like you did with them, you know, rejecting your clearance. Right. Yeah. When you live and it's kind of the de- defining thing, you know, to talk about living purposefully. Right. So I live with purpose, you know, so like I, I set goals, I set dreams, but just and then, and then I figure out, OK, this is how I'm going to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. I can say, OK, here's how I'm going to do it. But where people fail is they don't look at feedback, right. you know. So like if I'm moving forward in life and I have this goal, I have this plan to do it, you know, these are my steps I'm going to take. Nothing works perfectly. And so I hit a wall. Right. Right. So many people, they try to keep going through the wall and then they get pissed off and they just give up. And they forget that you can climb over. Or you can go around it maybe. Or you can go around it. Maybe there's a door. Maybe. Down down the, you know. (laughs) Some secret passage or something. I mean, there's ways around it. And that's where people fail because, you know, you have to look for feedback. Am I failing? Am I succeeding? You know, do I need to reevaluate my goals? Do I need to reevaluate my tactics? You know, how am I going to do this? And that's how we achieve things in life. I mean, that's, you know, and I mean, it was, yeah, that program I had in Anaheim was the epitome of that, mm-hmm. you know? I hit, and just the getting in the jail was only one example of, oh, yeah. of the roadblocks that I hit, you right. know? Um, I hit so many, you know? and uh, But I didn't give up. But persistence was the key, absolutely. Yeah, and I kept working at it and kept working at it and kept working at it and kept fighting and fighting and fighting, not physically, but... It's not, you know, fight with the cops, but, you know, (laughs) but I, you know, I kept pushing and I didn't give up and eventually I found the right door. Right. You know, and, uh, that's, and then that's the premise of it. You know, what's the saying, you know, Edison, you know, to create the light bulb and he failed that, you know, he found a thousand ways that didn't work before he found how it did. Right. Exactly. And, And that's how we know. And I tell everybody the story about, you know, the car accident that I was in when I was 21 and I was told, you're never going to walk again. Your legs destroyed. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we're, we are uh, out of time. Oh, wow. Wait, what? Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, hours go quick here. Yeah, 50 apparently. minutes go very quick here. Apparently. Um, a, uh, and want to mention really quick next week, um, we are actually going to have Jeremy Jackson that's going to be out here. If anybody knows, he is, uh, it was this, is uh, Ho- Hobie, Hobie on... Uh, he was the female heartthrob of, of Baywatch. The Back teenager the grew up on the show. He's going to be out here with us next week. Um, so look forward to it. Thank you, honey, for doing this show with me Absolutely. as my co-host. Thank you, everybody, for listening to What Were You Thinking? And we'll see you next week. Man. You're listening to... 